Hi, I'm Monty Sharp, and I'd like to welcome you to the Gatekeepers Initiative. What in the world is a gatekeeper, you may ask? I'm so glad you asked. The world's gatekeepers proclaim that they're protecting their community, but in reality, they're elevating themselves by denying others entrance to the community by belittling and devaluing them. God's gatekeepers protect their communities through loving devotion to those around them. They're there to encourage that which is good and reject that which brings harm. So let's take a deeper dive today in how God is calling you to be a gatekeeper. Welcome back. It's nice to be able to be with you again today. Thanks so much for tuning in with us on a regular basis and hope that you're sharing this with friends too. I, one of my favorite things to do that we're going to do today is be open to God's Word and the unique way that He has speaking to us. There's so many times when I am spending time in the Word that something jumps off the page. I think you probably have had that experience in your life. And when it does, the most profound things come to my mind uh, that are life-changing. And that's one of those things today. Um, so we are, we are going to get profundity wrapped in simplicity um, thrown your direction today. We're going to be hearing from the Lord through a, uh, a special proverb that he's going to be giving us. But maybe to set the, the stage for that, we probably had to talk about maybe where we are individually. I don't know about you, but I see so many people today that are falling short in their dreams. And that just breaks my heart. They can't quite get past the bitterness and the anger and the jealousy and resentment and unforgiveness in their personal life, or are they struggling with porn or pride or self-pleasuring and self-promoting? Maybe even some of them, you know, especially in our, our contentious world today, have that contentiousness and that pugnacity um, that, where they've got a chip on their, their shoulder, or struggling with gossip and speaking ill of others. Kind of sounds familiar, huh? <laughs> we see it all around us in our culture today. We're living with an open, festering wound in our hearts and our souls. No joy, no peace, no love, no power, not even the hope of change. Or maybe we're on the other end of the scale. And I hope that's you. Um, where we, we are wanting change to be set free, to be made whole, to be healed, to really experience a sweet life changing love relationship with Jesus, a sweet, life-changing love relationship with Jesus. And out of the abundance of that, fulfilling relationships with other people around us, our family and our friends and people we work with, go to school with, we want deeply to find that sweet spot in life. Uh, Jesus talked about it a lot in John 10.10, where he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly life more abundantly here on earth. Not just eternal life one day, but life more abundantly here on earth. But we just seem to keep missing the mark of finding that. And it's leaving us with maybe a fear that we're not good enough. That God doesn't really love me. All of his promises are for, you know, those other people, but not for me. Well, have I left anybody out? <laughs> Don't you love starting this way? It's like, okay. Uh, if that's you, or maybe friends or family members, you know, you as gatekeepers, um, this is given to you to be able to help you help those around you that need to be comforted and to be set free. If that's any of you, 
Jesus has good news for you today. He's given us a simple yet profound proverb that with the Lord's help can radically change the direction of our lives and our family's lives for the better forever. As we already know, a proverb is a wise and practical guideline uh, for successful living written by someone that's familiar with God's truth. This particular proverb is in Proverbs 26.20, and it offers amazing insights and directions for each of us every day. You ready for it? I'm going to repeat this so many times that you're going to go, oh no, it'll be like it's a small world. It's going to be stuck in your head forever. And I hope so as we talk about this. It's really simple. And here it comes. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Yep, that's it. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. You want to repeat that with me? Let's do it together. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Hmm. You ever light a match? Now, mind you, this isn't rocket science, but when you light that match, what happens? The fire burns as long as there is wood in the match. Huh. As you can clearly see, all of us has personally and pragmatically experienced this on numerous occasions, I'm sure. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. The fire could only burn as long as there was wood to fuel it. Once the wood was gone, so was the fire. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. I told you I was going to repeat this a lot. Um, You're going to go to bed at night thinking about this. So what has this got to do with my struggles and my bitterness and my porn and pride and pugnacity and continually falling short of my dreams and, and my relationship with Jesus? Boy, it has a ton to do with all of them. These fires and passions can only burn within us as long as they have the wood to fuel them. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. No wood, no fuel, no fire. No wood, no bitterness, no wood, no porn, no wood, no pride or pugnacity. No wood, no fuel, no fire. Where do these fires burn? Ah, now that's the good question, huh? Well, Scripture tells us that they burn in our hearts and in our minds. Psalm 39.3 says, My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned. Musing, for those of you that may not know, it's not a common word today, is contemplating, meditating on, focusing on. While I was musing, the fire burned. For lack of wood, though, the fire goes out. But the opposite is also true. When there's an abundance of wood, the fire rages. You haven't figured it out yet? I hope you have. Simply put, the only way to be set free from these things is to stop giving them access to our hearts and to our minds. It's to cut out all the wood supply, the things that feed these fires. Paul put it really well when he said, we need to take every thought captive in obedience to Christ, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Ephesians 4.27, he says, don't even give the devil an opportunity. Romans 12.2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Yes, our minds. If we don't do these things, Isaiah 47.14 warns us, they have become like stubble, fire burns them, and they cannot deliver themselves from the flames. Wow. I think probably we've experienced that in our hearts and in our minds. As long as I focus my thoughts on the perceived wrong done to me by others, there is wood for the fires of unforgiveness and bitterness. Oh, I'm getting personal, huh? But it's true. 
When I let my eyes and my mind linger or muse over porn, I'm continuing to feed the fires of lust. Pride and self-promotion, self-pleasuring are fed by the fuel, the wood, of false worth and value, and usually at the expense of others. But for the lack of wood, these fires will go out. So the stuff we give access to our hearts and minds is the stuff that fuels the fires. TV, movies, Facebook, social media, our friends, what we read, and especially our own musings are the wood that feeds the fires of our hearts and our minds. And these fires aren't just destroying our lives, but also destroying the, the lives of the people around us, and especially our children. Wow, gatekeepers, that's not a good thing to hear, huh? It's not just taking me down, but it's also taking my family down. Exodus 20 verse 5 said, The sins of the fathers are visited upon the children to the third and the fourth generation. What does that mean? Well, you know, when I tell my kids, don't do as I do, do as I say, they always do as I do. And why do they do that? Well, there's two primary reasons of it. One, why do the children pick up our sins? It's not like God, you know, condemns that to, to be uh, placed upon them. But, but it gets worse in their lives than it is in ours because we're modeling that on a daily basis. Even though we think we're hiding it, they pick up nuances of it on a regular basis. And that's the primary way we, we learn things in life is through modeling. And so I am modeling that for my children. And then secondly, I'm the covering of my children, the spiritual covering of my children. And if I allow that spiritual stronghold to be able to come into my life, I'm not talking about demon possession, I'm talking about a stronghold of sin. If I allow it to come into my life, then by default, I am allowing that same spiritual stronghold to start working on my children. So not only do they have the modeling, but they also have that stronghold. And so it's going to grow worse uh, in their lives than it was in ours. We see in Jeremiah 7:18, the children gathered the wood and the fathers kindled the fires. Wow. That is not a good news. Lamentations 5:13 says the youth stumbled under their loads of wood. <laughs> you know, this world is hard after our kids. And the universal property of fire is that fire follows the fuel, the wood. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. As gatekeepers, we need to eliminate the bad fuel from our families, from our communities, if we want to help keep the fires of bitterness and jealousy and pugnacity and pride and anxiety and depression from burning in their lives. But this is a daily, moment-by-moment -moment battle. It's a daily, moment-by-moment -moment choosing of what we give access to our hearts and our minds and to their hearts and their minds. To paraphrase Hosea 8-7 where it says, We sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. Let's paraphrase that into what we're talking about here. When you feed the wrong fires, those fires feed on you. They destroy us, little by little every day. So most of the same principles are true with the good fires. And God's word says that there are good fires. Throughout scripture, God is described, in fact, as a burning fire at Pentecost in Acts 2, 3 and 4. Deuteronomy 4, 24, God is a consuming fire. I love that scripture. Uh, Nehemiah 7, or 9, 12, it says, he, lead, he led the Exodus as a pillar of fire by night 
And in the followers of Christ in Luke 24, 32 said, were not our hearts burning within us as they were walking and talking with the Lord on the road to Emmaus? Matthew 5, 14 through 16, Jesus tells us that to let our light shine in such a way that men may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. That's not an electric light. They didn't have them back then. It's light emanating from fire. So for those of us that are trying to follow Jesus, trying to find the sweet spot, but keep losing the passion and the fire, we need to add the right kind of fuel to those fires. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. So we need to feed those good fires with the wood of the word. And that means daily we need to be doing this. I love uh, John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus tells us if we abide in his word, we're truly his followers, we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. Abide. That means to live and dwell. That means daily we need to be stoking the fires that will help us know how to be set free. The fires of truth. And we do this not to gain God's love and forgiveness. It's already given to us when we receive Jesus. But we do it to be warmed and renewed by its flames so that we can find his way to the abundance of life, illuminated for us by its light. Did you hear that? We don't do this to gain God's love and forgiveness. It's already given to you. It was given the moment that you received Jesus. In fact, he's give, trying to give it to us before we receive Jesus. That's the whole idea that he demonstrates his love towards us. And while we're yet sinners, he died for us. But as we seek those fires, those good fires burning in us, they warm us and renew us and kindle a fresh passion and desire to do the things that God wants us to do. And it helps lighten our path and illuminate our path to be able to help us see where the obstacles are, the stumbling points are, where the difficulties are, and where the path to abundance of life and eternal life really lies. Paraphrase Psalm 119. I'm doing that a lot today, huh? Paraphrasing it, but it works. It works really well. The Lord allows us to be able to do that. Uh, Psalm 119.11, it tells us what we need to fill our hearts with is the wood of his word. If we don't want to sin against him, don't want to sin against God? Stack the wood high. Stack the word of God in your hearts. Psalm 119.97 says, If the wood of his word is our musings day and night, then the fires of his wisdom and insight and understanding will burn brightly in us. Pretty cool, huh? I like that. I like wisdom. I like insight. I like understanding. So many times we are living in a world where people are just simply running into the wall over and over and over again, falling into holes over and over and over again. They even know the holes are there and they just keep falling into it because they lack understanding. Hosea tells us that my people are destroyed for a lack of understanding. Wow. Stack the wood high, the good wood of God's word in our hearts. Psalm 119. 105 tells us that it will become a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That's what that word of God's word does for us. And then finally on this, Colossians 3, 1 and 2 reminds us to set our minds on Christ and the things above, not on the things of earth. Why do we do that? 
because that's like stacking wood to keep the fires burning brightly in us. Because as a man thinks within himself, so is he, Proverbs 23, 7. And 2 Peter 2, 19, for by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. The wood, the things that we give access to our hearts and minds, burn brightest in our lives. Hmm. So let's make them the good things. So we've got the good fires going. The fires that uh, renew, that warm, that light, uh, that draw you to for comfort, not the fires that destroy us little by little. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. So let's make sure we are daily sowing and adding good wood to our good fires, building passion uh, so we can experience the fruit of the Spirit that it talks about in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. Boy, we need that again. And goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control so we can experience Jesus in a personal, intimate, sweet way and his abundance of life. Now, mind you, this isn't always easy, but oh man, what an adventure it becomes when we are on fire for Jesus. More of the, the good wood supply for the good fires? How about when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5.18? You know, the Holy Spirit actually, one of the, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit is, in fact, flames that we see like in the day of Pentecost. Walking by the Spirit. Not just simply being filled, but walking by the Spirit, Galatians 5.16. Walking by the Spirit means letting Him be in control of our lives. Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love. Man, do we need that kind of fire going on right now? Instead of, you know, ad hominem and personal attack, uh, speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 4.29, where it says, Letting no unwholesome word proceeding from your mouth, but only such a, a word that is of the moment for the building up of the body of Christ. No more dissing, no more putting down, no more ad hominem. That kind of attitude, when we stack that kind of wood supply in our lives and the lives of the people around us, it changes everything. Changes everything for the better. How about loving God and loving my neighbor? <laughs> the two great commandments that it talks about in Matthew 22. Not losing heart and doing good, Galatians 6, 9. Good wood or good fires results in good works. That's the evidence that we're in the right kind of fire territory. You know, you have controlled burns in the forest. In fact, one of the, the reasons that we've had such problems with fires in the state of California is we've stopped doing the controlled burns. They would go into forests and burn out the, the undergrowth uh, and, and the bad wood. and so it was harder for fires to be able to take hold. We don't do that anymore. And because of it, we find ourselves with these raging forest fires. It's one of the, the main reasons that that happens. Not the only, but one of the main reasons. In that same way, you know, God's good fires take care of that kind of stuff. It takes care of the, the, the crummy wood in our lives as we build the good wood there to be able to burn brightly. And then finally, oh, actually two more, three more I've got for you. How about Matthew 6, 33, my favorite verse? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the rest gets added unto us. When I'm seeking Jesus, when I'm stacking wood there, 
to keep my relationship with him burning well, when I when I've got that fire burning brightly, always to show me how to be able to reach Jesus, it changes everything. Because he said, then he adds all the rest unto me. Instead of seeking the rest and my own strength and my own plans and my own ways, I seek his and he takes care of the rest. Shows me how to do that. Fixing my eyes upon Jesus, considering him, his will and his way in all things. Uh, we can see that in Hebrews 12, 2 and 3. Not forsaking the gathering of the brethren, hanging out with people that love Jesus even more than we do, Hebrews 10.25. And 2 Peter 3, 1 through 8, where it says that we are to stir up those fires by reminding each other of the truth. Not the lies, but the truth. Remember, fire follows the fuel. So keep the good wood coming to the good fires in your heart and your mind. And watch Jesus set our lives ablaze with his spirit. Do I hear an amen on that? I agree with you. One last set of notes here on this to be able to kind of wrap this up. Lamentations 5.4 tells us our wood comes to us at a price. You know, the value of something is determined by its cost. This is good stuff. It's valuable. But it's costly. Are you willing as gatekeepers to pay the price? I hope so, because it's worthwhile. It's not easy feeding the good fires and following Jesus. It costs us everything, surrendering all. Matthew 16 tells us that Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you need to take up your cross and deny yourself. That's take up your crosses, die to your will and your ways, and, and follow Jesus. Uh, we see that in Matthew 16, 24 through 26. Remember the rich young ruler in Matthew 19? where he came to Jesus and said, Lord, what must I do to, to uh, inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to keep the commandments. He said, which ones? And the Lord told him, and he said, I think I'm doing that. And the Lord said, well, if you wish to be complete, mm, that's a really awesome statement. Then go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. You see, what, what the Lord was saying was, you're doing a really good job. You've got some really good wood stacked up. And, you know, the wood supply is keeping you going, making good choices and good decisions. But you've got this bad fire burning over here also. It's not nearly as big as the ones that this good fire that's going. And the wood supply there, it sounds like, is really awesome. But there's this bad fire going over here because that rich young ruler really, really liked being rich. And Jesus knew it and cut right to the chase immediately and said, you know, that bad fire is eventually going to turn into a raging fire that will consume all the good that you're doing. And so if you really wish to be complete, let's get rid of that. How about you today? Got a lot of good fires going on right now, doing well with Jesus in so many ways. But there's one of those, you know, sometimes it's like we have this... Um, little precious sin that we hold on to, my precious, you know, as the Lord of the Rings guy says. Uh, and we, we cherish it, and we hide it, and we nurture it. But it eventually will consume us, and not just us, but those around us. So today, the Lord's saying, hey, let's cut the entire wood supply of that fire out of our lives and out of the lives of those around us. And let's replace it with more good wood, good fires, 
the way that Jesus wants us to. Do I hear an amen on that? Not easy, my brothers and sisters, but boy, does it set you free. Let's remember a little wood, a little fire. A lot of wood, a raging one. So let's keep the good wood flowing on a regular basis and cut off the, the, the wood supply for the bad ones. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Oh, there I'm saying it again, huh? More good wood for good fires. How about praying? As gatekeepers especially, we need to be praying for our family. Building our wood supply through prayer is like crazy powerful. James 4.2 says we have not because we ask not. Are we praying on a regular basis for our family, for our country, for our friends? Are we doing battle there? That's like stacking wood left and right when we do that. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 and 18 says that we should be praying without ceasing and everything giving thanks. This uh, helps keep our hearts and our minds continually focused on communicating with Jesus. Where, whether it's supplication or expressing our needs or praise or thanksgiving, it keeps a steady flow of good wood for great fires. And then how about in general? I, I love this particular scripture. It's Philippians 4.8. And it says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right and pure and lovely, of good reputation, of any excellence or worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these. Philippians 4.8. Now, these are great wood piles for great fires. You know, sometimes we go, well, does that mean I'm supposed to just think about Jesus and everything the Bible says 24-7? Well, it's good to include those and use that as a filter and a plumb line in our lives. But the Lord just basically, as we are reading his word, this kind of summarizes where our hearts need to be. As we're dealing with people around us and we're dealing with problems and we're being challenged and the enemy's attacking us, when I can set my mind on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely, lovely. What a cool thing. Guys, Lord, what a beautiful sunset. What an incredible creation. And I tell uh, kids, especially that are dating age, and sometimes they're struggling a little bit with. Uh, with lust. And it's like, you know, what do I do about that? You know, she's really cute. And I just find myself really going, whoa. I, my encouragement to them is to go, not to go, well, I can't think about her. I can't think about her. I can't think about her. Because you're thinking about her when you do that. And as a man thinks within himself, so is he. So I encourage him instead to go, wow, she is beautiful. Lord, you make good stuff. And turn your focus back to the Lord and thank him that he makes beautiful creations all around you. It's funny how you can turn those thoughts back in the right direction, if you'll allow it. Stack the wood in the right direction. Instead of asking what's wrong with things, let's ask Jesus what's right. And let's choose the things that are right. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. Let's get rid of the bad wood and keep stacking the good wood. And those little fires follow the fuel. And unfortunately, our culture is constantly trying to fuel them with the wrong wood until they rage in our lives and in our communities, consuming all about us. It's why Jesus wants us to starve the wrong fires. 
for lack of wood, the fire goes out. Cut off the wood supply to the wrong fires. Proverbs 4, 14 through 15 says, Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Don't pass by it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Cut off the wood supply. Don't give it access to your hearts and your minds. Proverbs 4.23, watch over your heart with all diligence. Proverbs 26.20, there it comes. For lack of wood, the fire goes out. It's not easy. It's seemingly costly. But I love the way that Jim Elliott put it when he said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose, the love of God. So let's keep fueling the right fires and let their light shine in such a way that our families and our friends will see our good fires and be drawn to their warmth and their light and be saved. Amen and amen. So if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss another episode of Monty Sharp and the Gatekeepers Initiative. Don't forget, each of us has our gates of influence in our lives that can radically change the world around us. Thanks again for joining us today. I'm looking forward to being with you again next time. May the Lord richly and wonderfully bless you.